You're listening to the PFWC podcast with me, Carly Compton, a podcast created to help you learn strategies to overcome that bully inside your head, ways to practice self-love, awareness and understanding of eating disorders, how to embrace the body you have been given, and develop a healthy relationship with food, exercise, and most importantly, yourself. Here at the PFWC Podcast, we find it important to create a safe space and a place for individuals to come to learn how to create that lifestyle that works for them. We're dropping comparisons, fighting unrealistic beauty standards, and coming together to show the world that all bodies are beautiful and that healthy looks different on everyone. Sit back, relax, and get ready to grow together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the PFWC podcast. I am so excited for today. Um, I am sitting down with Madeline Georgetta, and she is an amazing Australian babe who I have been following for quite some time, and we just connected recently. Um, If you don't know Madeline, um, you definitely should. She is, like I said, an Australian babe. She is the founder of a non-diet fitness app, called Work It With MG, and she is a recovered diet culture addict, Um, just like me. I love that. Um, And so today I'm going to really just be sitting down with Madeline and talking to her about her journey through diet culture um, and creating a fitness app and getting to the place where she is today. So welcome, Madeline. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, Kali. <laughs> so first thing really is I want you to um, kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, some fun facts, um, you know, where you're from, um, and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I'm from Perth, Western Australia, and I kind of started out in fitness in kind of almost in a sort of mistake. Like I didn't mean to... Um, create this kind of uh, become a fitness influencer in that sense I was only I was just doing Kayla's BBG program and I thought I would just share some um, parts of my journey with on, on Instagram I didn't actually have any followers I just started sharing images my transformation and that kind of got picked up and then it just kept going mm-hmm. and it it wasn't like something that I planned and it just took off and before I know it, before I knew it, really, I had um, I had a million followers in about, it was like two and a half years, maybe. And I was promoting, looking back at it now, a very diet culture product, which focused on, you know, booty shaping, changing your body, um, losing weight, burning fat. It was very diet culture focused. I think when I was in it, I didn't even, I hadn't even heard of diet culture, <laughs> when I was talking about all this stuff and I recently in April started questioning a lot of what I was promoting and what I was selling and started to feel really uncomfortable with it and it just didn't feel true to um, who I was and so I changed my whole messaging, changed my whole branding, changed the app and yeah it's been an interesting uh, year to say the least. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's amazing that you kind of had that realization because I think for a lot of people you have, you know, you, 
people would look at you and you were very successful and to, you know, have the successful program and then to just completely change it, I think is something that a lot of people would be terrified to do. Um, so I think that that, that's amazing. And I can relate so much because I actually used to coach for, um, a very heavy, like diet culture, heavy company, Um, Mm -hmm. and this was when I was also in my eating disorder. And so I was dealing with, you know, constantly trying to help women lose weight, whether that was, you know, in a really healthy way or not, um, to then me dealing with my eating disorder and all this hypocrisy in my head. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of the same thing. Like I started questioning, like, this is not what I like, this isn't what I want to be represented as. And I don't want to be involved in anything that has to do with pressuring women or individuals into losing weight um, Mm -hmm. and getting that before and after photo and like all of those things that go into diet culture. So I totally relate to that. And like, for me, I left that company and then started Paradise Fitness with Carly. So it was kind of out of the same, you know, we kind of had the same thinking yeah, about that it. Yeah, it's actually quite similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, and that is how the, that is how the fitness industry operates. You know, when I was studying at PT college, they said to me, you know, make sure you get um, photos of your clients because before and afters are, you know, that is what is going to sell your program. Mm-hmm. That is what is going to get people to sign up with you. And we were all very aware that, um, you know, that, that's what sells. That's what's going to make us money. That's what's going to pay the bills, um, engaging in selling fat loss to people. Mm-hmm. And it's not like that is ever questioned or you're ever, it's ever thought about, Hey, like, is there any risks associated with this or do diets? How, how, like, what's the you know percentage of diets working for most people? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's all these questions that you don't even consider. No one is even mentioning it. Um, when you're studying or when you're even promoting these products. Yeah. Like it's interesting that I think like when I was talking about calorie deficits for fat loss, no one said to me, where's your nutrition degree? Like mm-hmm. no one was asking me for my qualifications then. But as soon as I said, hey, like, you know, there's lots of studies that say that diets don't really work for lasting weight loss. People mm-hmm. were asking me for my nutrition degree. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I had the same experience when I was with you know, this company I was coaching, um, under them, it was like, people, people were like, Oh, she's, she's, she's working under this company. So she must know what she's talking about. And Mm -hmm. there are, there's literally no qualifications that need to be met in order to be a coach under this multi-level marketing company. Um, Mm -hmm. except for just, you know, wanting to sell a product and, um, make money for this company. And so then when I left the company, I, it's the same thing. People are like, Oh, well, where's your degree? What was your degree in? Like you studied education, like what makes you qualified to be saying all of these things? So yeah, it's funny how, it's funny how the, how that switches. Um, and people, you know, it's like, we, we literally relate, like, I remember when I was coaching with um, this company that they would circulate before and after photos around. So like, to coaches, so there'd be one really successful person who lost a lot of weight. And that before and after photo would be like the before and after photo of the month that, that all mm. of these coaches were using to use product. 
Um, and so I think I, I saw a lot of that and enough of that to where I was like, okay, this is really fucked up. I can't, I, I, I can't be a part of this. Um, because it was such false advertising. It was like, here's a before and after, but like the percentage of people that were having those results were so low. Like that percentage Mm -hmm. was so incredibly low. Um, so yeah, it's crazy how, how that works. Did you talk to the kind of people that you were you were working with or your bosses and say, hey, like, I actually don't think this is the best way to do this or I have some questions about this tactic? Um, well, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to say it was for uh, the company's name. Uh, Beachbody is what I was coaching under, and they're a very large, very, very large company. Um, okay. And I had said to some of the other um, – some of the other coaches that were working with me, um, like maybe one or two times, but I was really brainwashed um, at the beginning. I mm. believe, you know, I was still very much um, in my eating disorder, but I was also um, convinced that I was, you know, I was working out and I was eating healthy. So I was healthy and like I was losing all this weight. And and in reality, none of that was um, the case. It was a majority of it was my eating disorder. But um, Mm. I was, you know, I was pretty brainwashed into thinking that what we were selling was great. And the way we were doing it was really great because the company was so successful. And I saw other coaches who were really successful. And I had clients who enjoyed the programs Um, but I, they were also not aware of diet culture. So they, they didn't Mm. see any problem in it either until I started Mm. to really question it. And then unfortunately, a lot of other coaches under me were like, no, like, why are you questioning this? Like people are losing weight there before and after photos. And so then it like made me look like the bad guy because I was questioning, the tact, like the way that we were going about doing things. Um, why are you questioning something that's working so well? All of, mm-hmm. you know, all of the questions. So then I was like, oh, you're right. I don't know. <laughs> and then one day I was like, no. And it was actually in my recovery that I was like, nope, this is really wrong. <laughs> yeah. The way that this is, yeah. this is done. So it's, it's difficult. It's pretty crazy. Um, but I wanted it to is, ask it you. Is, it is hard. Oh, it's so hard. And it's hard because you're so convinced in that moment that like what you're doing is the right thing, Um, especially because like and I think for both of us, we weren't really aware. Like you said, we you didn't know what diet culture was. I didn't know really what diet culture was. I just thought that that is what that is how everyone viewed work exercise. And that's how I thought everyone viewed food. And that, you know, I thought that everyone was always trying to lose weight and change their body. And like, I, I genuinely just thought that that was how it was. <laughs> um, yeah. I think painted so. as like the, the right thing to do, like the best thing for you, like take control of your body, be motivated. Like it, it's kind of veiled with this really, this feeling of self-control and you can have it all and you can do it. You've got this, do it for you. And so it feels like when you argue against that, that you're kind of being a bit of a downer or like mm-hmm. that you're trying to tell to some, that the or people think, oh, you're saying like just give up on life and don't do anything. Like it's like yeah. a negative approach to it. And I think people get like really like, like offended when you, when you kind of broach that subject. 
because the diet industry is so good as making it and at selling it as a be your best you um, approach. I even had a be your best you challenge like this time mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Um, but people aren't really buying it to be their best them. Like they're, they're no. buying into it because they want to look a certain way. Like that's the actual mm-hmm. reality and that's the truth. And I think some people will admit that and other people won't admit that to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not anything to do with them. It's literally to please and, you know, get the attention of others. Um, and so that's the part that's just really hard for me is that we have such a large industry that one mm-hmm. is so incredibly misleading, um, in so many ways. And two is incredibly toxic for, you know, young individuals and, you know, individuals of all ages. So it's just, you know, it's hard for me to see people that are like, no, I'm doing this for me. And I'm like, okay, well, why do you, why do you want this? And a lot of times their question is, their answer is just like, well, I want to be skinny. I want to look good. Like I want others Mm. to notice, me, you know? And so it's like, well, then you're not doing it for you. That is, those answers are not reasons that like, that's not for you. That is for others um and so that yeah, and you can, for me is when it gets tricky yeah and exactly you know you can be your best version of you and it doesn't have to be associated with your size exactly there can be so many yeah. ways to improve yourself and improve your health mm-hmm. that are unrelated to weight loss goals yeah and so I had a question and this is something that I get a lot too is do you have people who do you get comments do you get dms from people who are like oh you're promoting like you're promoting an unhealthy lifestyle like you're you're allowing people to just you know like be overweight quote unquote overweight um do you get comments yes. like that <laughs> yeah and all the time all the time i think i'm i'm lucky in the sense because i am thin so when people send me these messages, they're not abusive. They're not attacking how I look. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more attacking my stance and what I say. And so okay. I think, although I still get annoyed and angry by these comments and messages, it doesn't feel the same as if I was a fat person mm-hmm. and someone was saying this to me. I think it would be much more difficult to fight against this. Um, I can't even imagine what that would be like because mm-hmm. I find it so infuriating these comments. I mean, I just posted a picture today um, where it said stop. What, what exactly did it say? I saw stop it. The, looking at, yeah. Like yeah. It was about determining you, someone's health based on their physical appearance. Yeah. Stop assuming someone's health based on the way their body looks. And people mm-hmm. are so mad in the comments. They're so angry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because because you know and I I get it like we've been raised our whole lives to assume and to you know even question that if you're fat you're unhealthy Mm -hmm. and you know what what we're saying is we're questioning that we're asking people to hey like like, that's what you've been told your whole lives did you want to like unpack that did you want to like look into it more did you want to look at some evidence do you want to talk to more nutritionists to talk about this stuff Like, let's have a conversation about this because when you just believe something that is so black and white, you don't even consider the alternatives. Mm -hmm. And it's not like we're arguing that you can be healthy 
no matter what. Like we understand that people can be healthy and people can be unhealthy depending mm-hmm. on their size. Mm-hmm. But it's the assumption that if you're fat, you're unhealthy. That uh-huh. is the general assumption of society and that is the um, the stereotype and the argument that we are trying to fight against. Yeah. And it's just that thought of like such it's unfortunate that there has been, you know, this such a negative connotation toward the word fat, you know, and it's like, Mm. it's literally, you know, I, I've talked to so many individuals who are in, you know, larger bodies who are in, who are in fat bodies. And they are like, I am not offended by that word. Like that word does not, it doesn't describe, it doesn't show any, it doesn't show my worth. It doesn't show my abilities like that word. It's 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 a useless word. And then there's others who are like, that is such a powerful and degrading word. Mm. And so I think it's, you know, it's so difficult because a lot of times when, you know, people people hear the word fat and they're like, oh, like they stop in their tracks and like, did you just call her fat? And I'm like, I'm not saying she's like, we're not using that term in a negative and derogatory way. Like that is you know, like that's not what we're using it for, but yeah, it's just, a dis- it's a descriptor word. It's descriptor just like word. she's thin, she's tall, she's got brown hair, she's fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get that if, if you are a fat person, you find that word offensive. I'm not going to use that word for you because for you. you get to choose what word you find. But on social media, you get, you can't have the conversations with people one-on-one. You're mm-hmm. having a conversation as a, as a whole. And the, the fat activists that I listen to, the people that I follow, they all use the word. So that's the word that I've, that I use, yeah. but I understand that people can find it problematic, but the yeah. people that actually message me saying that it's problematic, they're always thin. Yeah. So it's like the, the thin people are like, Oh my God, she said the word fat. But the yeah. fat people are like, they call themselves fat mostly. Like yeah. not all, you can't put yeah. people in this um, category, right? I, mm-hmm. I have, I have friends myself who I wouldn't say that word to because I know that they, um, they're not, they're not in that, um, it's kind of like a bit of a bubble, right? Yeah. It's yeah, all, it's, yeah it's like a bubble. It's like it's like the headspace that you're in, I feel like, also. Yeah. But no, I, yeah. I, I totally get it. journeys of, of accepting that word. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a tricky word. Yeah. And I like how you described it as, like, you know, it's something some people identify, like, some people identify as it and other people don't. And so you have mm-hmm. to be respectful of that, you know, to each individual. Um you know, but when we're talking about it on a larger scale, like in general, like on Instagram or on social media, you know, it's like people, people tend to think like, oh, she's being derogatory. She's, you know, she's using this in a negative mm-hmm. way. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm using this as a descriptor. Um, so I like how you explained that. Um yeah, because yeah. fat is not a bad word. It's not exactly. a bad thing. Yeah. And I think if you can if you can come at it from that point, even if somebody has thought that it is a bad word for them, they realize that you're not using it like that. You don't see their body as bad. You're using yeah. it as a descriptor. So I think it's a good way to have that conversation with somebody yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah, the reason I ask that though is because I, I get that all the time and I am in a larger body. Um, and I mean, I've been in the place where people say to me, like, why should anyone listen to you? You're overweight, you're unhealthy, you know, why should anyone take your advice? And that used to be Mm. like, literally, I would, I used to question myself, like, you're, they're so right. Why am I giving advice when I am, I'm, you know, I'm quote unquote overweight. Um, 
But then, mm. you know, through my recovery, I was like, no, like I'm not over, I'm not, I'm, I'm perfect just the way that I am. And the fact that someone wants to look at me and tell me that I'm not qualified to give any sort of like <laughs> any sort of advice on health and fitness, because they think that I'm just by looking at my physical appearance, they think that I'm unhealthy. Um, they yeah. don't deserve my time. They don't deserve my explanation. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I, I, I just think it's funny when people comment or DM me or like, you know, anything where they're like, why should anyone listen to you? You're unhealthy. And I'm like, how in the hell do you know that I'm unhealthy? (laughs) Like you've never met me. You don't know what my, like, you don't know what I eat. You don't know my exercise. Like there's nothing that I am giving you right now that allows you to make that assumption. (laughs) Um, yeah, besides just literally like, looking at my body, which is incredibly yeah. messed up. It, it, it must be so frustrating. It must be so annoying because it's like, even if you could tell, even if it did say if I was healthy on my forehead or if I wasn't like that, it's none of your business or exactly. it's not there for you to make these judgments about me and tell me what I should be doing and how I should be doing it. Yeah. Like, and that is, that's also what I say a lot of times too, is people are like, Okay, well, so, so for example, I was talking to um, someone um, just about like the body positive movement and um, just a lot of different things. And she was like, the only thing I don't agree with is that there are body positive people who are morbidly obese and Mm -hmm. like, why would should we, you know, like just really ignorant comments. And my response was just, okay, but it's not my place to make that person feel like they're not welcome in some community based on their physical appearance or their weight. Mm -hmm. Also, it's none of my business if they're morbidly obese or where they're at in their life. None of like, Mm -hmm. that is not my business to comment on or, you know, make judgments on. And so I think that, you know, that's something that's so important to constantly be reminding people of is like, it's not your business. Like mind your own business. Stop worrying about other people's bodies and just focus on yourself. Um, yeah. Oh, I feel like I'm constantly saying. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you do feel like a bit of a broken record mm-hmm. um, and it can be really draining because you feel like, Oh my God, I've been repeating the same thing for like at the moment, I feel like now for eight months. Yeah. Like, when I look at my comments, I'm like, copy paste because exactly, I'm like, I've right? said this so many times. Yeah. But um, I think it's about choosing as well who you choose to engage with mm-hmm. because some people do just want to troll you and do just um, are just really fat phobic and mad at you. And that is never mm-hmm. going to be a conversation. That is just going to be you saying your point and them saying theirs and no one getting anywhere. But there are definitely people mm-hmm. who are just – who are first learning about this and who are curious and want to know more and you know they might say sometimes the wrong thing but they might mean the right thing and uh-huh. I think it's worth um considering who to engage with and who not to like I get a lot of like flack for who like oh you block these people and you do that you don't listen to anyone and I'm like well yeah sometimes I do block people if you know if they say something to really piss me off or that mm-hmm. they say something really fat I'm like get off my page mm-hmm. but if you're actually interested in having a conversation like okay I'm happy to do that yeah. But you've got to like recognize those people. Otherwise, it's just going to drive you insane because yes. your um, your DMs are going to just be a mess and your mental health is going to be a mess. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. 
So I want to hear a little bit, um, a little bit about your program. Um, just, you know, kind of like what, what is your goal behind, like, what are your goals and your missions, um, behind your program? Yeah. So what we really want to do with working with MG is to break down the stigmas about who can engage in fitness. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to show people of all different sizes and shapes engaging in fitness and to make people question their current views about who can engage in fitness and who has the right to. Because I think we're so used to seeing like that typical kind of fitspo body and it's kind of like only the after photo uh-huh. is engaging in fitness or is encouraged to. Or the only reason you're engaging in fitness is because you have a either a weight loss goal or a uh, body shaping goal. Mm-hmm. And there's so many reasons to engage in fitness beyond that. And I think when we just look at it from those goals and those wants, then we kind of miss all the other benefits and positives that we get from working out, which yeah. is that makes you feel great, that it can give you confidence, it can make you feel powerful, it can give you all those great endorphins. It's a great way for you to start the day. Like I mm-hmm. love working out now more than I ever did because I have freed myself from those feelings of having to change my body, having to like lose a certain weight, look a certain way, create a certain body. And I actually enjoy it so much more now than I used to. Mm-hmm. I love that because I relate 100 million percent to that because I remember when I literally like did my first workout of my program and at the end I was just like so happy so much positive endorphins because I was like I literally just did this for myself like I just moved my Mm -hmm. body and I got my heart rate up and I got a good sweat in because I love my body I want to give it that love and that respect and I want to feel good and so yeah. I remember, I like distinctly remember just being like, this is how I want to feel after I work out. And mm. so, yeah, that was like a huge thing behind, yeah, my program too, is like I wanted to take away that that pressure to lose weight. And um, like one of the things for, you know, which I think is similar in our programs is that like I asked my girls, like, what are your goals? What what do you want to accomplish at the end of this month? And it can never, I literally tell them, I'm like, I don't want to hear any weight loss goals. Like, I want this to yeah. be, you want to feel stronger. You want to feel more confident. You want to, you know, be able to do three jump squats instead of one jump squat. You know, like this, like these yeah. goals that are really actually benefiting you rather than focusing solely on, changing your body and losing weight and, you know, ruining that whole experience with yourself and with your workout. Yeah. Because I, well, for me anyway, I can only speak from personal experience, but I definitely felt um, like not really much motivation to work out when I was only trying to change my body. And I know a lot of people feel motivation to work out when they want to change their body, but Mm -hmm. I don't know how long that lasts for as well. Because what happens if you don't see the changes that you're wanting to see? Does Mm -hmm. that put you off? Uh, What happens if you see the changes and then you put the weight back on again? Mm -hmm. If if your motivation is to see a change, then what happens when you don't achieve that goal? I think that's why it's good to look for, you know, internally as opposed to an external factor um, when you work out to kind of keep you, to keep you want to keep going and to really 
bring that enjoyment back to fitness, which is just at the moment, it's just still so heavily tied to aesthetics. So mm-hmm. I love that. Hopefully we do can you, get that. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Um, do you see a difference in the people that you work with now compared to the people that you worked with before you transformed and changed your program? Oh, definitely. Definitely. People, um, people before were just very interested in either losing weight or going about that was like the kind of emails that I got the messages that I received. And now the messages that I receive are a lot different and they're a lot more um, impactful and engaging as well. I receive like a lot more, I suppose, it's deeper. I feel like I have a deeper connection with everyone that does the app because Mm -hmm. they're coming at it from a different place. Whereas before, like if you actually look at my engagement, even on my my photos or um, my followers, they were very like, it was just like a, a comment here or an emoji, but now you actually have these full-blown like conversations with people mm-hmm. where people are really invested. Um, so I feel definitely more that we have like a stronger community because we've just got such um, similar values. I think when you're in this kind of niche, people that you find in this niche, you really understand each other and you um, support each other in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I've, I've seen that in my, in, in my program, even when I was coaching with Beachbody and everything felt just like so forced and people mm. were coming to me literally only wanting to see results, wanting to have before and after photos. And then when I changed, you know, left Beachbody and created my program, it was like kind of the same thing. I had such deep connections with people who were coming to me and were like, I just want to I just want to love myself and accept my body. I just want to be in a good place mentally. Um, And, you know, like just such deeper, I think. And and these goals are coming from, I feel like the goals are coming from such a loving place um, where Mm. people really just truly want to feel good and they want to, you know, move their body and fuel their body. But, you know, also stop restricting and enjoying the foods that they love and you know finding that balance that everyone I mean myself when I found it I was like all right I'm not living any other way this is amazing (laughs) and this is you know just the life that I'm meant to be living and so I think when people have that small slither of what that looks like it's like they're off and you're like here we go let's do this I think it's just such a great feeling do you think it's harder to find those people because of the the way the industry is that well I know for me personally uh it's a lot it was a lot easier for me to sell a program based on aesthetics than it is for me now to sell a pro yeah yes definitely 100% I think that when I first like launched my program um kind of you know people knew what it was about but it was like people I think people were were deciding to do it because they were like, oh, there's workouts and uh, this is a, a way for me to, you know, lose weight. And then, you know, like kind of, you know, numbers dwindled because people realized like, oh, like this is, I'm, we're kind of focusing a lot more on the mental aspect and people are like, oh, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. And um, so I definitely think it's harder to sell a program that's not solely focused on weight loss, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately. yeah, it is. It is. It's something that I'm hoping is going to change within mm-hmm. the industry. Um, 
but yeah, I often do think like I, I wonder I wonder how much how much there is an industry for that in that sense yeah. because mm-hmm. it is just so it is just so strong in the in the sense of people wanting to engage in fitness purely for aesthetics. Yeah. And I do really hope that it's something that, you know, and I think it's what's it's so great to see what you're doing, um, to see more people like us, what we're promoting, um, mm. because it could be the start, it could be the start of something really, really big um, yeah. for the industry and for hopefully people getting involved in fitness and understanding that they can work out just because it feels good and because it feels good to move their bodies and to kind of be able to. Uh-huh. I also think a lot of it from, Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's gotten, I think it has gotten, like, I've seen programs coming up very similar to yours and mine. So I think that's also a really good sign that there's more, there's more people who are creating programs like this um, Mm -hmm. than there was obviously a couple of years ago um, when it really wasn't a thing. So I think that is, you know, that's really exciting. But I also think that there's... Mm from my experience with some of my clients, there's like people have, I've had informational phone calls with people and I, there's like this really small, like sense of fear of like, I, people are afraid of, you know, really being honest with themselves and bringing up all of these things like trauma and all of these things that have happened throughout their life in order to, you know, make these strides forward, which is kind of what my program Mm. focuses on is really just like, why are you treating yourself like this? Why are you treating your body like this? Why are you trying to change it so much? Um, And within that, we're like traumas are coming up and past experiences are coming up. And I think that that kind of scares people. Um, Mm. People tend to be kind of afraid to talk about that or to, you know, have that come up. Um, and I mean, I can relate to that. Mm. I, I, when I was in my eating disorder, I, there was so much I was hiding this, everything was just so deep in, in my, like inside my head that I was like, nope, this can't come up. Nope. Don't want to talk about it. Not doing that now. That's too much to handle right now. So I think, you know, just allowing that space for people to open up and feel comfortable talking about, like situations that they've dealt with in the past or relationships that have been really hard or, you know, traumas or eating disorders, um, you know, all of those things play a huge role in this entire industry. Yeah, you're definitely right. It's a lot of this stuff does go back to yet quite complicated, um, you know, past experiences. And yeah, when you get down to, you know, yeah, a lot of trauma or a lot of pain, um, and because I think it's an easy fix. The kind of diet industry is an easy fix, and the, mm-hmm. the it's like a, it's like sparkling. It's like this beautiful thing that we're trying to sell people that is going to fix all your problems, and you're not going to have to talk about any of the other shit or have to consider um, anything else that is going to hurt you. So yeah. it's like an easy, easy way to fix, but it's really just short term, and it's just a band aid. Mm-hmm. It's not actually a solution mm-hmm. um, to fix any of any of the real problems. Yeah, and I think I mean it's it's something that in 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 my experience, fitness like over exercising and controlling everything I ate was literally just another way for me to control. Like it was an aspect of my life that I had full control over when I felt like other parts of my life I had no control over. Um, and so I think that that can be, you know, 
really difficult for people too, is they're like, well, I have full control over how much I work out. I have full control over the calories that I eat. And so a lot of times it's hard for people to give up that control. Um, and kind of, you know, being like, okay, let, we're letting go of this, you know, counting your calories and counting your macros. We're letting go of that. And we're going to try and figure out a way to do this in a way that you have freedom and you still feel good and you're still fueling your body and ha getting the nutrients that you need. And I think that that can be scary for people. Um, oh, for sure. It was so scary for me, especially in my recovery. I was like, no, 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 no. I can't. I have control. I can't. Like, this is my schedule. This is when I work out. This is how long I work out. This is what I eat. This is how many calories I eat. And like to think about, I used to like think about giving that those things up. And I was like, no, like, then what do I have control over? But then I realized my life is so much better and I have so much more freedom and so much more grace and love for myself because I trust myself enough to know like, okay, I'll work out and I'll feel really good. Or, okay, I'm going to eat a piece of pizza and I'm going to enjoy it and not guilt myself, feel guilty for it afterwards. Um, mm. So I think that, you know, that can be really powerful too. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. It, it, it's doing the hard work and it's, it's something you, you don't want to face at the start, mm. but yeah, you're all seeing the payoffs now in, in your happiness and in your confidence. And it's always going to be a journey. It's yeah. not like you do the One work other... and it's done. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, you know that, right? It's, it's always going to be a journey. Um, yeah. And you're going to have good days and there's going to be bad days. Yeah. And it's, yeah, there's going to be easy days. There's going to be hard days. And I mean, I just yesterday, I was talking to one of the girls that I work with one-on-one -on -one, and I was heading to um, a photo shoot and I was so nervous. And I was like, I just want you to know, like, I might seem like I'm in a really good place with my body, but today I'm really struggling. And I think just being as someone who has, is seen as being confident and, you know, who has this self-love and sees their self-worth, it's so important to remind people that we still have days where we question, you know, we question ourselves and we have like hard days with our bodies. And it's really just about how you make that transition out of that negative space and back into a healthy, positive, um, mindset instead of turning to, you know, unhealthy ways of dealing with it. So I think that that's, you know, something that people, a lot of people really benefit hearing is like, it's, it's okay. Like I even have bad days and you have bad days and it's just about having your support system and, you know, having grace and being able to get through that, um, in a positive, like not even, not even always positive. Sometimes we have shitty negative days. <laughs> we don't yeah. want to deal with it, you know, yeah. and I'll just want to lay in bed all day. And sometimes I do. And I'm like, this is just what I need today. I need to just lay here. And tomorrow I will just, I'll, I'll start over tomorrow. <laughs> and I think that that's yeah. completely, that's completely fine. Yeah. It's being kind to yourself, isn't it? You know, not I think I do a lot of that, like negative self-talk. Um, mm -hmm. I'm talking to my therapist about it now, where she's like, why are you so mean to yourself? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, you know, like thinking about 
how you talk to yourself that, you know, if you wouldn't say it to a family member or a friend, like, you know, don't, don't talk to yourself like that. Give yourself the, the grace um, and be gentle with yourself to get through it. Yeah. And I always say this is it's like just being aware, like if you're aware of the thoughts that you're having and what you're saying to, to yourself, you're more likely to, you know, grasp that and, and change it instead of just continuing down that negative self-talk path and not being aware of really what you're saying or how you're treating your body. And, um, that was huge for me was I didn't realize how unaware I was of my thoughts and, or maybe I was aware and I just was in denial, but like when I reached my point of recovery, I was like, Oh God, it feels so good to be aware of my thoughts and how I'm feeling and how my body feels. And, you know, really just being aware is, you know, so, so important, I think. It is. It is. So to wrap it up, I just wanted to see, ask you one other question. And that is any advice that you might have for people out there who want to start moving their body. They want to start exercising, but they're afraid, like they're, they're not sure where to go or how to do it, or, you know, they want to do it in a healthy way, but you know, how, what advice do you have for someone who's kind of stuck in that position? I think it's important to find out what you like, what you enjoy. I think so often, um, we're kind of stuck in these patterns of only doing a form of exercise that um, you know, we think leads to weight loss. So we only choose exercise that we think will help us with that goal, like cardio or lifting weights. I think it's all about finding a form of exercise that you actually really enjoy. And that can be all different types of things. It doesn't have to be, you know, obviously I have a workout out, but I'm not going to be like, you have to do weights. Mm-hmm. You, I love, I love weights. That's what I love to do but there's many different ways for you to work out and move your body and fall in love with that process. It could mm-hmm. be swimming. It could be pole dancing. It could be dancing. It could be horse riding. There's so many different ways for you to move your body that can make you feel good. And I think because it's an industry that is built on on our, on, on your dollar, uh, where people are trying to sell you a program that um, – that you pay for so Mm -hmm. we're not really talking about encouraging other forms of movement that we can't capitalize on Uh, it may be more difficult to capitalize on swimming than it is to capitalize on a resistance-based workout program Mm -hmm. and so that's the kind of workouts that you see and we often think that we that's the kind of thing that we need to engage in because we're trying to we have a weight loss goal or a aesthetic goal Mm -hmm. and obviously um, resistance training has a lot of other benefits besides just um, besides, you know, weight loss, there's mm-hmm. so many other reasons to engage in it. Um, but it is all about what's finding, what makes you happy, what feels good for your body. And so I would just recommend, you know, trying out different things, trying out things that you maybe you think you wouldn't like. Like for me, I know I've done a few classes of dance classes. I hate them. I'm terrible at them. I do not enjoy it. But mm-hmm. I know other people really, really love it and they feel great mm-hmm. when they do it. Um, so it's about just trying out a few different things, seeing what works for you. Um, if you are, if you do like weights, but you're a bit nervous at the gym, you know, you can hopefully set up a little system at home, which you can try and do and try starting at home and then slowly move your way to the gym. And then there's kind of different tips that I can have um, 
in terms of, you know, working out at the gym because I know a lot of people feel intimidated and scared mm-hmm. at the gym as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's what it's all about is trying to find something that feels good for you and um, whatever works for you. And don't don't discount something just because it doesn't have a um, a weight loss goal attached yeah. to it. I love that. I love that. Okay. And then last thing is, is there an affirmation or a quote or something that you kind of live by? Is there like one specific one that you find yourself always going back to? Um, not really, not really a quote. I often think because, because this year has been difficult because, um, it has been hard. I often do think, I know it's lame, but I often do think this too shall pass. I oh, often I think that. of that <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm always aware that when something feels difficult, when something feels hard, when I'm struggling, that I'm not going to be stuck in that feeling forever. So whatever yeah. feeling that is, whether that's anxiety or depression, um, for me anyway, I know that that is just a feeling at that time. It can feel like the world is ending. It can feel... Um, I can feel miserable and like it's out of my control and I couldn't be any lower. But I'm also very aware that this is a response and a reaction to what is happening around me and that I can't stay like that forever, that this, that this is going to pass and it might not pass tomorrow or in a month, but it will pass eventually because there's no way I can be stuck in this situation forever. I love it. I love that so much. Um Thank you so much for taking time to be on here and just sharing so much great knowledge and, you know, tips and just being so inspiring and empowering. Um, Can you just let everyone know where they can find you? Yes, sure. Thank you so much, Carly. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. The time has gone too quick. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So fast. (laughs) Um, so I'm at Madeline Georgetta on Instagram and on YouTube. Amazing. So thank you, Madeline. Um, everyone go check out Madeline. She is, I'm not even kidding. Amazing. She's always spitting amazing truth. Um, I am so incredibly thankful to have her, you know, on social media and as someone to go to, to talk to. And so feel free to go check her page out, check her YouTube out. Um, I was just looking at it actually the other day and I was like, found myself like laying there for like three hours watching videos of you. Um, <laughs> Don't but- <laughs> you just have such amazing energy and you're just so easy to listen to and, you have such a great story. So thank you so much for being on. Um, and, uh, I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much, Carly. Thank you for having me.